Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. And tonight on PM Express, a conversation about electoral reforms, which has been reignited by the former Electoral Commission boss, Dr. Farijan. You may have followed his lecture cautioning the EC against imposing electoral system changes on political parties. More importantly, he speaks of four key issues affecting Ghana's electoral process, which he says is worrying. Vote selling and buying, he describes as shameful. Violence, especially with the involvement of the national security personnel. Disrespect for each other by contestants. Too many promises by people seeking power. And above all, what he terms judicialization of elections. Adding that election petitions that does not succeed should attract sanctions. So what kind of reforms do we really want as a country? Let's look at the genesis of all of this. And of course, among uh, the things that Afarijan wants is uh, the fact that People who take matters to court, election petitioners who do not succeed must be punished so that we will not have it uh, look like a fashion uh, where in every election people will be running to court when they exactly know that they don't have a case. Then he says we must view IPAC as a convenient forum for electoral reform discussions. You have followed electoral commission and the political parties, especially the opposition NDC, the banter and uh, the counter accusations between them uh you know uh talking about mistrust and all of that he says that ipac is a forum that can help in electoral reforms and political parties can actually take advantage of that increasingly he says candidates who lose elections are alleging manipulations and refusing to accept the results and he says here that most of them run to court to actually pacify their financiers and supporters, not really because they want justice. And he says these days we have an open market where candidates can freely buy votes. You and I have seen evidence of that. Uh, it's, been so, um, uh, it's been done with impunity with the political parties, even in their internal elections. This, these are the issues we'll be dealing with because... Uh, this year's election definitely is a critical one and we can't make the mistakes that we've made in the past. So these are very important uh, key points that the former EC boss is asking us to look at and deal with. So where have we come from in terms of election petition? And uh, in 2012, the NPP uh, took 
the uh, 20. 12 elections to court because they suspected foul play that dragged for eight months what happened it failed then come 2020 the ndc that same to the supreme court because they suspect foul play that also dragged for three months and the result it failed and so all of these taking the country's resources wasting everybody's time and at the end of the day uh, nothing happens is exactly what Dr. Farijan is talking about. Let's look at internal elections and the cases of vote buying. Very interesting. If you look at the Asin North by election, both the NDC and MPP accused each other of vote buying. Codell condemned the incident and requested investigation. CDD Ghana requested for an investigation by the police and the OSP. What have we done? Zero. We've not heard anything uh, of that. Things. Now, at the Kumewu by election also, similar incidents happened. NPP and NDC accused each other of vote buying. The ARPC report indicated two general complaints and one incident of vote buying. Then, the 2023 NPP presidential primary, uh, delegates alleged they received 400 cities from Baumier's camp other delegates claimed receiving 300 cities from Kennedy Japan's camp. All of these. And then recently, the orphan constituency uh, elections of the NPP. Ablekuma Central, parliamentary aspirant Collins Amwa admitted to giving out money to the voters. Delegates in Ejuasa Chedumas waited in turns, actually, to receive their share of the money shared. Delegates were flaunting cash received for votes with impunity and a lot of people were worried about this incident now these are the issues that dr fari jan is talking about of course the former ag has also been uh, making uh, some comments about some reforms we we need in our electoral system and she says that the ec deciding to close polls at 5 p.m and also not use indelible ink is not demonstrating inclusivity transparency and fairness any lawsuits involving the 2024 election should be dealt with expeditiously these are issues that are coming up as we gear up to the 2024 elections and because we start early if we take it seriously definitely we'll make some improvement in the upcoming election so that will be the thrust of our conversation tonight and i've been joined by evans Nimaku, who is npp director of elections dr kojo pumpuni asante is director director for policy engagement and advocacy at cdd ghana i'll also be joined by eduji tamaklo who is ndc director of legal affairs let's have a conversation after this break Every day, people have money emergencies. Ma, I need my school fees emergency. Ma, my chop money emergency. Emergency, emergency. Catch it. I'm your rent emergency. Now, there's a new emergency number in town. More money, more money, Charlie, and enjoyment. At the top life we got. Dial star 770 hash for all your money emergencies. Dial star 770 hash for money emergencies and get easy and quick access to your money, loans, and other banking needs. Echo Bank, the Pan African Bank. Crazy bar. Don't stop my own me. Risky. Wash All of a sudden, my voice is different. And I will use a call. Uh, Batman, bring me the honey whiskey. You know the one? Black Rock Whiskey. Honey Whiskey. Chale, honey near their frow. Black Rock Whiskey is strong. Now she tastes me a smooth. And it goes down easy. Uh, excuse me. Mm. <coughs> Batman. <laughs> Batman, bring my friend one Black Rock Whiskey. Black Rock Whiskey. Blended with natural honey flavor. Hey, what's up? Batman. Black Rock Whiskey can be a feeling smooth national. Drink responsibly. 
Not for sale to persons under 18 years of age and not recommended for pregnant women. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. Blessing, do you know of any good medical school I can take off you to? Oh, Fifi, is that why you're looking all moody? Then I have some good news for you. The College of Medicine and Allied Sciences, COMAS, Accra, Ghana, is a degree-awarding institution, and they offer Bachelor of Medicine and Bachelor of Surgery using the Graduate Entry Medical Programs, Bachelor of Diagnostic Imaging, and BSc Health Information Management. All these programs are accredited by GTEC. Their bilingual curriculum prepares you to consult in French. But I'm worried about admissions. Admissions are ongoing. Contact us on Facebook or on Instagram at info.comas or call us on 0208-456-556 or send them an email info at comas.edu.gh. Comas, the citadel of a holistic professional medical education. Daddy, daddy, this tank is big. Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow. It has a working tortoise on it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-S syntax. That is so true, my daughter. When it falls down, it will spoil That's not true. But why? Hey! Syntex <laughs> <laughs> was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Can he tee up someone in red? And he goes to the who is the good? Ghana Jollof or Nigerian Jollof? Ghana Jollof has no co-equal. The smell alone. Oh my god. Now that shift. You do the lie, eh? Now they say you when they use Google Lens and then they go put them for talk. You are lying. Put some respect on the goat. On the goat. The only goat I know lives in Tama. Every year, we will give to you back. back, 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 back. We are talking about piety. I want to hear the answer first. Let's be the goat, huh? My guy, him be the goat. Our choice of goats may differ in football, music, and jollof. Alumobitis always brings us together. Alumo experience greatness in every moment. <laughs> Drink responsibly. Not for sale to persons under 18 and recommended to pregnant women. This advert saved you. Welcome back to PM Express and tonight we're looking at the reforms that we need to deal with uh, some of the electoral issues that we've had in the past so that we can have a better 2024 elections. The former EC boss has been speaking about it and that has brought about this whole conversation again. Let me uh, tell you the sponsors for PM Express, Sintest Tank, no matter your water needs, Sintest Tank has 
it all. Sintest Tank is first to introduce double layer tank and now you can have as many layers as you want. Sintest Tank is first to introduce white inner layer tanks in Ghana. We now introduce to you the customer specs order which lets you order any color and size of preference. Sintest Tank gives you the longest warranty of seven years which no other tank gives you in Ghana. So whatever your water consumption size of project or demand choose Sintest Tank. We have agents nationwide call syntex on 0244-335-168 or shop online at syntexgh.com syntex tank a year strong a year tough now let me uh, uh welcome all of you my guest evans nemakon is mpp director of elections edujita maklo head of legal affairs for the ndc and dr pumpuni asante he's with cdd ghana grateful that all of you joined us i'll start with you evans nemako because you have stated that you strongly disagree with the former ec chair on punishing election petitioners who fail in court isn't his reasons justifiable enough to actually uh you know paint a picture of what exactly um uh, political parties do and, and good evening to your listeners and viewers and good evening to dr asante and uh lawyer ABG. I, I i admit that statement because I mentioned that the courts already have a way of sanctioning people who, who, who go to court and are not successful. So I, I think that that call is already in place. And, and, and I didn't see any additional means of adding to what the court already done. If the court realized that you are wasting the court time and you, you had no course of action and, and, and your petition does not have any merit. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Los mejores viajes. Nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. It is thrown out. And so I, I did not really see the need for, for that call. And so that, that is my main, my main reason for not accepting the proposal from uh, Dr. Afaijan. But the, I, 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 I'm aware that the court already has its way of, of sanctioning people who come before it without uh, a serious issue. But, but do you agree that sometimes you, the political parties, know that you definitely don't have a case in court, yet you will run to court? Yes, I mean, I mean, a clear example is what you saw in the 2020 presidential petition. The, the, the whole of Ghana and the world saw what transpired. The NDC went to court on accusation that their victory had been stolen. 
and they 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 evidence. They submitted their case. Upon interrogation, they they are their main uh, witnesses to the court and all those who had opportunity to watch the live proceedings of of the the whole exercise. So who was really telling the truth to the world? And so I'm saying that we've had elections and we have election petition. And in some situations, people will go to court. But the call from doctor, I saw it as a means of gagging people not to pursue justice. I think that the court has its way of, 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 of awarding damages to people who would have come before it to waste the time. That's my position. But you talk of the NDC going to court in 2020. Was the 2012 incident different? I mean, by 2012, we all saw it as well. You realize that the NDC had a serious course of action, except that the court ruled against the NDC. And so that was about it. And I think that people have difficulty to say that NDC didn't have any case to have gone to court. But the MPP it, failed in court in 2012. But you realize that the, the decisions that the court handed over to the petitioners, and even to Mr. Kojua Faijan, who was in the box, you saw that a lot of things went amiss. And so it would be difficult at that point to say that you've gone through elections, infractions have occurred, and you cannot pursue justice. There have been situations where other parties have gone to court. The New Patriotic Party uh, have challenged elections. In just this uh, 2020 parliamentary petition in Aston North, you saw what the court uh, 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 ordered. And so I am against any situation where people are seeking justice, are seeking through interpretation of issues that have happened, and, and somebody will say that if you intend wasting the court time, or you want to seek justice, the court shouldn't hear you. And I'm saying that if the court feels that at any point in time, a petitioner is wasting the court time, the court has a way of punishing that individual. So it's a new call. Energy Tamaklo, in the last elections, your party went to court without enough evidence to support the claim that the results had been manipulated. Wouldn't Dr. Farijan be right in saying that what you political parties actually seek from the court mostly is not justice because you know within yourselves that you have no case, but rather an excuse to compensate your financiers and supporters. Good evening to you. Good evening to your cherished viewers. Um, good evening to my good friend, Evans uh, Nimakun and Dr. Kujua Sanji. I think that the point ought to be made very clear. When H. E. John Ramani Mahama petitioned the Supreme Court of Ghana, in the answer provided by the respondent, and here I mean the Nanado Dankwe Kufuado and the Electoral Commission, in the specific answer by Nanado Dankwe Kufuado, his lawyers argued that the petition should be thrown out because it discloses no cause of action. It was clear in the petition. I can understand the ignorance of my brother Evans when it comes to those legal matters. But the lawyers for Akufado clearly stated in the answer to the petition that the petition did not disclose any cause of action, and so it should be dismissed at that preliminary level, that objection was dismissed. And the Supreme Court went ahead and made orders directed at the petitioner to file his witness statements, among other things. So for anybody to say that, oh, the petition by H. John Ramani Mahama in 2020 did not disclose any cause of action. Certainly that person will be speaking from the position of ignorance. But the NDC did not have evidence of their own 
to show no. that definitely there were uh, like some manipulation of the results. No, your, your appreciation of presidential election petition may appear a bit problematic. Presidential elections are fought on many grounds. It could be a numbers conversation. It could be an issue of wrong tabulation of the results. And if you recall vividly, the NDC demonstrated at that particular petition hearing that the form 13 that Madame Jemerson purportedly signed as the evidence kept changing. That form 13 was prepared, and we have always insisted that it was prepared whilst based on the petition that was found. And so that point ought to be made very clear. In any case, the Supreme Court never said that the petition filed by H.E. John Ramani Mahama was frivolous, vexatious, and one without merit. So that point ought to be made very clear. Now, I have heard the respected um, Dr. Kujo Afarijan, and arguably, when it comes to election, he's a man with enormous experience, and I respect him greatly for that. What I find a bit worried is the claim by him that persons who do not succeed at the presidential petition hearing level ought to be, um, um, certain costs should be uh, made against them. I have a challenge with that. Look, may we not take the peace that we have in this country for granted? We've had eight presidential elections. Of the eight, only two ended up at the APS courts. Now, if you have a situation where you've had eight elections and only two have been challenged in the court, I think as a people, we rather should be applauding ourselves for it. Now, I, I, I see the challenge of Dr. Pedro Farida because, you see, he tries to draw parallel between the Ghanaian situation and what pertains in Nigeria. First of all, he talks about over a thousand petitions in Nigeria. Yes, because, you see, Nigeria being a federal state, you don't consider Nigeria as one constituency. In Ghana, Ghana is considered as a constituency as far as presidential election is concerned. So you notice that Regulation 2 of CI 127 specifically provides that the chairperson of the Electoral Commission shall be the returning officer of the presidential election. That is a bit different from Nigeria because in Nigeria, you notice that it is not enough to win just the popular vote you must also get a certain percentage from the various um, um, states, the federal uh, territory of, uh, I think, Abuja or whatever. You need a certain percentage in order to win, just like the U.S., where you need to win a certain electoral college vote to be declared the president of the Ghanaian situation is a simple 50%. That's all, 50% plus one. And that's a bit more instructive. So if you use the Nigerian scenario to talk about Ghana, you may get the details extremely wrong. And that is why I've, in my public commentary on this matter, said we need to exercise a lot of caution. Listen carefully. For me, if you do the cost-benefit analysis, it is a better option to go to the courts than to use health help. In 2012, when he, Pedro declared John Ramani Mahama as the president-elect, the NPP, together with my friend Ibasin Marco, formed a group that is now known as Let My Vote Count. They went all over the country with all kinds of provocations. You understand? Eventually, they decided that that's Jacob Echebilante, the late Dr. Mahmoud Baumia, Nanado Danko Kutwado, to go to the Supreme Court. Ultimately, the decision ended up for 5-4. Uh, that ended it. It took us eight months. 
The Supreme Court itself learning from that experience. If you recall in the 2020 election petition, they brought a lot of innovation. The use of witness statements, among other things. So it shortened and made it more expeditious. So whereas the 2012 election petition took us almost eight months, that of the 2020 was just about three months, and it was done and over with. And so I can see an inbuilt mechanism to ensure expedition in the process. That, for me, is significant. But may we not take the peace that we are currently enjoying for granted? The danger is that if you say people should not approach the court because of the possibility of cost, then they will resort to the streets. And My understanding of Dr. Farijan's request is not for people not to go to court. Uh, for me, I understand it to be that political parties who know that you definitely don't have a case don't waste everybody's time, state resources going to court when you know that you don't have a case. That's what I think uh, Dr. Farijan is asking for. Mr. Edwidge, I'll come back to you. But let me bring you... Just 30 seconds, please. You noted that if you look at in 2008, uh, my own senior attaché went to the high court to restrain uh, Dr. Pedro Farijan from declaring... Um, late President uh, Mills, the president-elect, you understand. As far as he was concerned, he saw that there was a legal basis to do that. In 2012, the APP went to court arguing that there were police stations without serial numbers and some other claims. I mean, what is the merit in it? You understand. So I want to believe that whether there is merit or not, is a judicial function. In the two election petitions that we have had so far, the APS courts have so far not declared the two petitions as being frivolous. But but, but but one of the, the judges uh, giving his judgment indicated that your uh, 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 now chairman of the party, who was then general secretary, could not produce uh, results that were tabulated by your own party even though you accused the EC of manipulating the results. That's, I it think, is, the conversation no, that we're it having. It is not, first of all, under the 1992 Constitution, it's not the responsibility of political parties to collate their results. That is why I said Regulation 2 of CI 127 makes the chairperson of the Electoral Commission the person with the constitutional mandate to do that work. But, but do you agree that the burden of proof lies on you, the petitioner? Don't confuse, don't confuse yourself with those terminologies. I am saying that the chairperson of the electoral committee has the sole responsibility. And so if any political party has reason to believe that that responsibility was not constitutionally performed, nothing precludes that political party from challenging it. As to whether there is a burden or true burden of persuasion, like every other civil matter, we all know what the burdens are. All right, let me bring in Dr. Pompuni Asante. What's your own valuation of what the political parties usually seek to do by running to the court, even when they know they do not have a case? Isn't it a ploy, actually, to pacify their financiers and support? Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este 
comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. It's just as Dr. Farijan is alluding to. Uh, good evening. Uh, good evening to uh, Ivan Serenjoji. Um, I think, I mean, we have to be, uh, I'll try, I think we have to try to be uh, more empirical in our analysis of the issue so that if we have to pursue reforms, uh, we know how to pursue them. So currently we are uh, undertaking a study of the parliamentary petitions that uh, were instituted in uh, 2020, at the back of the 2020 election, just to really understand some of the motivations and actions. Uh, and I think that's also going to help us uh, as we try to look at uh, the reasons why we have got an uptake in, in, in election petitions, uh, particularly at the parliamentary level. But I think uh, also to say that in the Nigeria case, which uh, Dr. Faijan referred to, uh, and I agree with Edoji that uh, that's a particularly different case that we, we have to uh, factor in because um, a lot of those cases, also some of it comes from internal party uh, challenges, uh, which is which also generates a lot of election petitions. So we we have to look at that. But my my basic premise is that there are many different factors why politicians uh, or political parties or individuals vote vote. Uh, some of it is true, as uh, Dr. Faridal says, that tactically it might be a way to appease supporters. But even if that is the case. Uh, there's a lot of responsibility on the courts to be able to deal with frivolous uh, cases. And I think that's where I see more reforms uh, being instituted by the judiciary. It's how those cases are managed. If you look at the, the parliamentary petition cases, for instance, I think on average some of them were taking two, two years to be resolved. And different factors account for that. Uh, Either lawyers not being available, lawyers have been having to travel from Accra to various uh, districts to go and pursue cases, witnesses not being available, all kinds of things have gone on. Judges not being available is also part of it. So we have to see how the courts, you know, no matter how what the person decides uh, to, to do in terms of coming to the court with the case, that there will be a strong filter to deal with, you know, cases that uh, are all meritorious uh, right at the beginning. And I think that's where I think for me, having a better understanding of what is happening, what the motivations are, what the trends are, will help the, the judiciary uh, retool or, you know, sharpen their own processes for, for dealing with this. Uh, but I don't want us to, uh, on the face of it, just say that they are all frivolous because uh, I don't think if you begin to look at some of the cases, uh, particularly the parliamentary cases, uh, you would say that uh, they are frivolous. Uh, some of them are, but not all of them are uh, in that particular case. So let's 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 do some more digging and and a better understanding of what has happened and how we can reduce uh, the incidence of. Uh, election petitions. One of the innovations, particularly in East Africa, which we, we have to consider naturally, even recently, the DRC, uh, is that you can actually have administrative procedures for also adjudicating uh, complaints that comes after elections. So the Electoral Commission uh, can actually offer uh, a space for the parties to try to resolve those issues uh, you know, before uh, even a court matter comes in. Mm. Uh, and that could be a process that is, is sort of already instituted in law. So there are other ways in which you can reduce that uh, run on the courts that uh, we are beginning to see across Africa.
Dr. Santi, the issue of vote buying has actually become a monster in our politics, and it's one of the issues that uh, Mr. Farijan talks about. What we've witnessed recently, even in internal elections, has been very shameful. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon. I, I, I think uh, the sooner we jail both the, the sellers and the buyers of, of votes, the, the better it will be for us, because sooner... You know, the, everybody can tell now that people just do it with impunity. You know, uh, they do it in the open. Uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, there are a lot of willing takers, uh, you know, people willing to sell their votes. And I think if we don't stop this, this behavior, we are continuously trying to delegitimize the democratic process. The parties are beginning to see the effects of that because when money becomes the ultimate, you know, determinant of, of who represents uh, people in, in communities and so on and so forth, uh, you, you, the essence of any party uh, will, will be completely lost. And then you cannot begin to talk about multi-party democracy. And we are seeing this continuous sort of, you know, uh, breakdown of, of that trust in, in our institutions and in our processes. When something is tainted and corrupted, it, it's obvious. So we have to, you know, attack it with all the aggression that we need. But as I'm saying, I'm hoping that at least somebody gets jailed, not just the political actors who are sharing the money, but also the people who are receiving the money. Because if, if that doesn't happen, then people will still think, that there's no accountability, uh, you can do you can do it with impunity and get away. But this is a very very serious problem, and it should not be normalized. Once you do that, there is no end to this uh, to this process. You would completely break down this democracy, this one that we already struggling with. Break it down completely. The, the many issues that we've reported uh, to the security agencies, including the OSP, uh, we haven't seen anything yet. Well, I know the MC uh, case is, is ongoing. Uh, in some of the cases, uh, when witnesses were asked to bring, uh, you know, supportive evidence, even media people to bring videos and stuff like that, it became difficult. So, uh, similar to cases where, when the prosecution comes in, the people start telling different stories. Oh, we didn't mean to say this, and so on and so forth. So. I think, you know, the OSP is trying its best, uh, but we expect, I, 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 and every time I get the opportunity to talk to my brothers here, they know, they know my thoughts on this, that for me, we, we are not going to be able to organize parties that would lead, you know, communities and leaders to uh, the, the kind of progress that we want if we allow money to dominate. Uh, uh, political parties. So the parties themselves have to take a strong hand. But unfortunately, the more people with money take over the parties, then it's also very difficult to have party discipline because then it's who pays the piper is going to call the tune. So we, we have to work together. We really have to work together. A, a big part of it is really campaign financing reform not just for campaign, but party financing reform uh, that we, we need to, you know, push together. Uh, we might not be able to get more than this year, but that work has to start now so that at least we can uh, set the foundation for the future. Mm-hmm. But as for the vote by, we have to attack it. And that, that's why I like the OSP's persistence around this thing. Uh, somebody, as I said, somebody has to go to jail. The, the, the two at major least, political at least, at least one buyer and one seller. <laughs> the two major political parties, the both the NPP and the NDC, are actually culprits when it comes to this vote buy. In fact, in the NPP's recent elections of uh, parliamentary candidates for orphan constituencies, we saw with dismay how people openly gave money out to delegate. Same thing happened during the NDC recent party executive elections. Let me start with you, Mr. Nemako. I mean, wouldn't, would we be wrong if we blame political parties for this impunity? Well, 
Thank you, my, my sister. And uh, before I get to that issue, uh, Mr. Ebiji, whether I've not shown enough evidence to support the, the argument that the NDC feel in the 2020 presidential petition. You could not adduce in evidence. The, the, the ruling of the Supreme Court in the 2020 presidential petition was unanimous. It wasn't like the 2012. And so if you want to bring in technicalities that a course of action that was opposed by the the, the legal team of, of the president was overruled by the court. That is not the point. Even if the NDC wasted the time of the nation, at least people saw that they had no course of action and therefore their case failed. That is all I was putting out. And that should not give Dr. Afaridang enough room to say that NDC should be punished. And that is on the case of the presidential. In the case of parliamentary petitions, there were a number of them. And in few times that I was in, you realize that in some situations, the court will award court against the party. And so I'm saying that the court has its own way of sanctioning people who appear before them when they don't have any course of action. Back to the issue of vote buying and, and, and personage and system. The political party act is clear on it that sitting is not allowed. It's an offense that is punishable. And so for, for us as new patriotic party, anytime we are conducting our internal elections, the, the alarm bells are rung and we sound strong warning to to, to, to parties involved. We, we don't welcome any such attitude. And we've always said that the law should be allowed to work. And so you, 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 should, you should be reminded that when an NCE was nominated and he openly said that he had given money to people to vote for him, uh, it, it, it is being dealt with by, by the OSC. And so we will not condone this exercise. You know that the law is against treating, and we are very mindful of this, and we make sure that uh, candidates will respect the rules, the guidelines, and the laws of the state. And, and, and so things that will not advance our, our internal democracy, we don't welcome it. Edugy Tamaklo, how do you respond to people who think that political parties are the ones that should be blamed, uh, you know, for fueling this vote buying? You see, um, I, I need to even address a few things, and then I'll speak to that. First of all, the 2012 election petition and the 2015, the panels were not the same. And so you cannot say because in one it was 5-4, and 170, it means yours was stronger. Possibly, if it was the same people, their reasoning would be different. But that's just beside the point. On the substantive question that we've asked now, if you look at the various political parties, and in a specific case of the representation of the People's Act, it criminalizes buying of votes. And the reason is that. People should be able to make a choice as to a candidate without influence. And so one the demonstrable evidence that but for the inducement, a particular electoral outcome will not be the same. The law can take its course. All the political parties do not encourage, and in the specific case of the NDC, we do not encourage the issue of vote buying. But like it is often said, in this country, um, every offense is prescribed. But you still get people being taken to our courts for engaging in one crime or the other. What possibly should be the case? And like uh, Dr. Kuzu Asante made the point, that maybe a time will come 
where one buyer, one seller will be used as examples so that will serve as deterrent to others. So they'll know that buying votes and selling your votes both are criminal offenses and that we should not encourage it. On, on the bigger scale, the challenge with that kind of arrangement is that it has the potential of undermining our democracy. Look, it has been said that when you go to Mexico and the rest, the drug lords who have made money through criminal activities, once they know that all delegates need is money, they will target. So, for instance, there's a particular parliamentary primary going on. And you note that in our primaries, there's nothing like 50% plus one. You can even win a parliamentary primary with only one vote. So you know that in this particular constituency, the number of delegates are only 500, right? So you can do a target process where you isolate 300 of them, right, out of the 500, and give each one of them, right, say um, um, 10,000 each, knowing that it will give you some victory. A drug lord somewhere can target that he wants a particular law passed in parliament. So out of 275 MPs, he is going to ensure both NDC MPs to sponsor a certain number because he wants a particular law passed in parliament. So there's a certain broader danger associated with vote buying. And I would encourage all of us to follow the conversation to ensure that we do not get to the point where vote buying would potentially undermine our current democracy. Maybe the law enforcement agencies like the special prosecutor, the economic and organized crime office, and many of those uh, agencies should up their decision. Maybe the office of the special prosecutor should be, as it were, uh, be, be, be telling Ghana what has been the status of the prosecution of the DCE who openly traded insult and accusation with those assembly members that who allegedly took money from him and they didn't vote for him. Let's see what the outcome of these cases are so that uh, we are clearing our minds that we are making some gain in the overall fight against monetization of our democracy. Dr. Asante, we, we definitely cannot lose sight of electoral violence, uh, which Dr. F uh, Farijan also talks about. Eight people died in the last elections. The political parties cannot be exonerated again in this. In fact, they are the ones who incite their supporters to engage in violence. You must be worried about this situation, especially as there hasn't been any commitment from both uh, you know, major political parties to, on, on how to deal with this? Oh, I mean, one of the easiest ways to mitigate violence is through accountability. So the fact that we have gone almost uh, another four years, because we are in, in our fourth year now, and those eight cases, uh, we are not really sure where they are and how slow they have been dealt with. Uh, we were promised uh, regular updates on you know, the, the process, uh, we, we are not getting the regular updates. We, we chased it, you know, uh, uh, after the election for a number of years, and it was very, very slow pace. But you see, when that happens, then you are giving motivation for people to think about revenge and, you know, other kinds of things. And it's not today. We've seen it, you know, many, many times. Or oh, when we wait when our government comes in, then we'll also do this and we'll do that. And particularly in the 2020 case, we also had uh, state actors that were involved in some of the shootings. See, the accountability has to go around uh, everywhere. Uh, it doesn't matter who necessarily who's a trigger, but we have to bring it to some finality so that everybody can understand that justice has been done. So for me, those things worry me. Uh, when every opportunity we get, uh, election after election, 
to really make these things in the bag, we seem to kind of fail at it uh, spectacularly. So uh, we are, I'm hoping that because I know the Peace Council recently, when it met with different stakeholders, uh, brought the matter up again. And I hope that we will get some clarity as to where these matters have gone. But going forward, we passed a vigilante uh, 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 offenses law. Um, I was in Ascent North, and I saw vigilantes operating in Ascent North, openly, right? And yet, uh, we were made to understand that uh, we don't have these vigilantes uh, around. I think if we continue to play the ostrich with these rules, we're not going to get anywhere. So we have the tools. We expect uh, the police, uh, the security agencies, you know, to enforce the law so that everybody understands that they cannot take the law into their own hands, they cannot disrupt elections. Uh, once that expectation is made, then it's more predictable. We, we all can go to our elections safe and go and vote and then wait for it to be counted and announced and so on. So there's a lot... Uh, uh, of obligation on the security agencies to just enforce the law and enforce it equally. You know, that there should not be any special treatment, that if this is what we say the rules are, that the rules are followed, then everybody can see that the rules are followed. So that, that for me, I think, is that we keep repeating these mistakes. And if we keep repeating these mistakes, then we shouldn't expect uh, any other results. We will still have more violence with our elections. Before we go, uh, 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 before we go, IPAC, uh, it's a very important forum. And, uh, we, I mean, if you listen to um, uh, political watchers who really do work uh, with political parties, they know that IPAC is somewhere we can really get uh, a lot of ideas and help in this electoral reforms. But, unfortunately, we've not had a healthy one. Uh, because of the seeming mistrust between the Electoral Commission and uh, mostly the opposition parties. Um, going into 2024, how do we, you know, bridge this gap? Well, I mean, we, first of all, we, I think it, we have to be happy that uh, the NDC is coming back to IPAC, right? So and that, for me, is a major step. Uh, it helps us to... Uh, at least bridge that gap and, and have the, the largest opposition there uh, at the table. But I think the issue about IPAC reform is something that we must all uh, sort of uh, address because I think IPAC, uh, as it was envisaged uh, in the 1994-1996 period, uh, has probably outlived its purpose. Um, all the people who came to learn from us uh, in the early 90s have evolved different forms of platforms. Now people have registers of parties. Uh, if you go to Kenya in Sierra Leone, if you go to Nigeria, there are some uh, other dimensions of it. What we are currently stuck with is an IPAC that is linked to electoral reforms or electoral timetable. Uh, the the activity of political parties has to go beyond elections. And it actually uh, imposes an unonerous burden on the, on the Electoral Commission that constantly have to, uh, you know, be creating these platforms for the parties uh, to engage. If IPAC was conceived as a forum for parties, and that parties can organize their own meetings, uh, even when it doesn't have to do with elections, then the Electoral Commission doesn't have the bedding of then sort of uh, linking uh, IPAC to uh, electoral activities. Yeah, so I really think that it can be separated, and we should think about IPAC reform in a much broader way than uh, currently it is. At the moment, I think it's too narrow, and that's where we are finding the problem. It's making the Electoral Commission feel... Uh, you know, that is getting all this pressure from parties. The parties feel like they are being shackled. They have to wait for the Electoral Commission to call them before they can have an IPAC meeting. And I think that is something that we can all look forward to uh, and try and reform it because 
there are many, many other models that would, would help us develop both our parties and also keep the Electoral Commission's independence intact. I would have loved to pick the thoughts of the two major political parties, but unfortunately that's how time will allow us. I'm grateful, gentlemen, for your time. This is a conversation that has started. The role of the EC. Unfortunately, we couldn't get the Electoral Commission, even though we contacted them, but it will be interesting to know how the EC itself is putting its house in order. This is a conversation that has started. It will continue till the 2024 elections. I'm grateful, Dr. Pumpuni Asante, Eduji Tamaklo, and uh, Evans Nemako. Thank you so much for watching. Enjoy the rest of our programs.